Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting year of OneShot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master, and folks, this is the week of Gen Con, which means we have made it to six years of the OneShot podcast. OneShot is officially the longest job that I have ever held. Of course, I didn't start doing it full-time until about three years ago, so I've still got a long way to go on that front. But it's been a wild ride as a commitment. Doing the show, I've made so many friends and had so many wonderful life-changing experiences. It's amazing to me that some of the moments that I've enjoyed the most over the last couple years are recorded, and I can revisit them anytime I want. And because of the network, we've been able to give opportunities to so many other people as well, whether they're designers who had their games featured on our shows, or designers who joined the network and went on to make amazing things, or simply folks who told amazing stories and had amazing conversations. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm so glad everyone else is here too. And I couldn't be happier to celebrate six years of One Shot than to play a game that one of the designers who works on the network created, and that would be Alex Flanagan's Coffee Detective. Coffee Detective is a freeform game actually adapted from an improv game that introduces an element of cards to draw with mechanics on them to throw a couple plot twists into the game. It's modeled after stories about spooky small town mysteries like Twin Peaks. But being an improv game, it leads to a lot of wild and ridiculous moments. And I can tell you, our group hit just about as many of those as you can get. Before we get to that, I want to remind everybody that this is the week of Gen Con, and OneShot has a lot of events going on at that show. You can head to the events page on the Gen Con website and search for OneShot Podcast to pull them all up. I would love to see more people at our campaign live show. I just finished designing the scenario, and let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of really cool new information that comes out of this. That'll be starring Liz Anderson and Johnny O'Mara with live music, we believe, by Dan the Bard. And that's just one of the incredible events at Gen Con. There's also Quizdom Mastery, a live panel quiz show hosted by the folks at System Mastery, and the proceeds for the tickets to that show are going to go to Trans Lifeline. So please show up, laugh at how bad we are at trivia, and support a good cause. There's also a couple unlisted events like the 10pm Magic Tavern show. If you're a fan of me or Neo Scum, you're going to want a ticket for that show because it's going to be good. I'm so excited and my heart is so overwhelmed with grateful feelings, but I don't have time to talk to you about all of them. Let's get to the show and I'll see you in the mid-roll. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. First up, a voice that should be familiar to you because you're big fans of the Neo Scum podcast. That's Eleni Sovajou. Hi, it's me. Eleni, welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back. Last time we had you on here, you were doing crimes, and now you're going to be kind of undoing them. This is the other side. Wow, of I'm scenario. really used to doing crimes, so <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be a yeah really a new adventure. Yeah, so we're we're going to see how we do in this territory, uh, Eleni. I want to know, who, who is your favorite detective character from all of fiction? Uh, so you asked this question. I thought about it. My gut reaction is someone who's actually not a, a detective. I love it. And so I thought of Carmen Sandiego, yeah. who's not a detective at all. No, that's good, though. Uh, and I was like, yeah, but she's really cool. And then I thought of um, Mae Borowski from Night in the Woods, <gasps> okay. which I haven't finished playing, who is also technically not a detective, but like more of a detective, yeah. kind of. <laughs> There's detective is not like on or off. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> these two are are really they're my detectives. And and Carmen San Diego is filling this like incredibly important cultural role, which is establishing the genre of children's noir, or at least furthering <laughs> that genre, which is something that should exist. So I think that's a very good pick. Thank you. Uh next up, another Neo Scum voice, and that's Mike Migdahl. Hey, what's up, listeners? It's me. Mike. (laughs) (laughs) And you're with him, going to be with him for the next couple hours, so buckle in. Ooh, and unbuckle. Let's get on the top of the car. (laughs) Ghost ride the whip, baby. Okay, there's a little bit too much Dak Rambo bleeding into this performance already. It's just me, James. It's it's always been me. (laughs) Mike, who is your favorite detective? Uh, My first response was a joke answer, Robert Mueller. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Mueller? Uh, yeah. Robert Mueller is his uh, alter Mueller. ego. That's his, uh, two old fashions. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, the Virgo in me jumped out and I couldn't hold it anymore. Two, two, two drinks, Robert. I'm a Virgo rising. Mm. I'm Leo Leo, baby. I love attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I thought I really like uh, Philip Marlowe. It's played by Elliot Gould Ooh. in The Long Goodbye. I like him because he's kind of a sarcastic Jew. And you don't normally see like a Philip Marlowe who's like kind of a wise talking yeah. New York type. And it, it, it takes place, that mo- The Long Goodbye takes place in like LA. And there's just like constantly people giving him shit. And he's just like trying to be decent, even though he's like kind of sarcastic and mean. Uh, unrelated to that, I think that was like Arnold Schwarzenegger's first movie. Uh, he doesn't have any lines. He's just a piece of meat in that movie. Just a big, muscly, soon to be. Governor guy, <laughs> <laughs> soon, to be, soon governor. to be in like he, the realm of yeah, I all mean, of time. Yeah, yeah compared to dinosaurs. Yeah, he's soon closer to, be to governor. being governor <laughs> than he is true. to being a uh, dinosaur. <laughs> um, I think those are definitely good picks. Uh, let's move on to a voice that is new to one shot, but certainly not new to podcasting, and not even new to the one shot network. Uh, that's Addison Peacock. Hi. Addison, you come to us from a horror borealis. That's where uh, one shot listeners would know you from. But you yes. also do the Cryptid Keeper podcast. I do, and uh, I believe there's another horror podcast that you do. I guess like a little show. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. It's um, I yeah, I work for the No Sleep podcast. Um, you know, like no big deal, just scary stories. Elijah Wood. Addison, Elijah Wood. It's fine. Addison has been haunting your nightmares. I yeah, probably. you know, just wait, like, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, she it's me. She's, Hello. The, she's the wow. creepy Victorian doll. Wow. Hello. It's nice to see you again. Oh, my God. It's weird to see you when your eyes are open. Addison, please tell us, who is your favorite detective? Veronica Mars. Ooh, that's a good pick. They just put the whole first three seasons on Hulu. I've been on a full-scale rewatch, and Veronica Mars, hands down, absolute favorite detective. I yeah I gotta I gotta dip back in. I haven't watched that show in. I don't want to think about how old I am. I haven't watched that show in a while. Uh, Last time I watched that show was when people could only watch things through Netflix by ordering DVDs in the mail. <laughs> That's how I watched it initially. It was I by guess, ordering the DVDs in the mail from Netflix. I guess the cold grip of time comes for us all. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs, governorship. <laughs> It's It's all a a flat circle, baby. Neptune, Uh, California. But finally, I want to introduce us to the person who designed the game that we're about to play, and also uh, someone who you'll recognize from a horror borealis and cryptid keeper, and that's Alex Flanagan. Hi. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It's really, really cool to be in the studio in person instead of just sort of astral projecting. Yeah, <laughs> which is normally what you do. I'll be walking around the studio late at night and there'll be a ghostly presence there. And it's just, oh, Alex is astrally projecting right now. I just had so much fun with Passion that I really wanted to be back. So, you know. I really wish you would stop manifesting as a ghostly presence because it is kind of stepping on my toes and I don't really appreciate it. But like there's enough ghost room for everyone (laughs) to be ghosts. (laughs) How do you astral project? Do you have like a sheep talisman from Jackie Chan Adventures or? God, I wish. I wish anything in my life was as cool as Jackie Chan Adventures. (laughs) Huge, huge thanks to John Rogers again for producing Jackie Chan Adventures. Glad that we could reference your show again on our show. It's Jackie Chan's show, all right? (laughs) It's Jackie Chan's world and we're just living. Yeah, Honestly, that is the the statement of the year. Oh my God, Rush Hour, he's such a good detective in that. Is he a detective? <laughs> Rush Hour. Really? He's a super cop. I've never oh. seen him. Nobody at this table knows what a detective is. <laughs> um, Veronica love- Mars literally is a private detective. Okay. Robert Mueller is literally a detective. <laughs> is Alex Mack a detective? I I mean, she's on the spectrum. <laughs> I just like all the people who sort of border on being a detective. The detectrum, if you will. Yes. It yes. starts at nosy, and then it ends at detective. And like you get on that spectrum, you're okay. there. I'm okay. the Angelica from Rugrats. Tim yeah. Tebow from Definitely. the Denver Broncos. He's a football detective. I'm just kidding. I don't like Tim Tebow. Him, him and his partner, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the original detective. <laughs> God is the ultimate detective. He He detects all of your sins. Yes. He solved mysteries for our crimes. Uh, we're the nine minutes in of all. at this point, this Sorry, particular <laughs> recording. Let's let's start playing a game, I think. I don't get to tell you who my favorite detective is. Oh, yeah, actually, please tell me. Who is your favorite? De- Typically, the person running the game, I don't ask the question to because I never ask the question to myself. Ah, but 
Maybe you should start self-questioning. I was going to ask you the <laughs> no, question. No, I'm kidding. I was going to ask you the question. I would James. love to know who your favorite detective is. Oh, my goodness. I did not prepare. <laughs> and where can uh, our listeners you know find what? I'll you? I'll go with the Green Hornet from the Ooh, old radio good series. One. Not really a detective. He's on the spectrum because he's more of a reporter who has sure. a, I think, boyfriend, but he says valet. Mm, well. well, is he sniffing out clues? Because then he's a detective, my friend. <laughs> I mean... Let's see. He is threatening the criminals and racketeers that are trying to destroy our America. So I don't know. I it's a close that. one. I like Robert Mueller. About it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Getting a lot of press from <laughs> us today. Yeah. Apparently. I'm just trying to get the investigation moving, all right? The hashtag's going to be trending, and then people are going to wonder what, and it's just going to be a new episode of One Shot. Mm-hmm. Alex, did you say you're a de- favorite detective? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, now that Jackie Chan from Jackie Chan Adventures is already sort of off He's the table. Of it's Rush Hour, Jackie Chan. So there's many movies. You can oh, choose. there are many Jackie Chans to choose from. Yeah. Um, it's a hard toss-up, actually, between Columbo who I love a lot, and uh, The Shadow from the old radio drama. Now, The Shadow, again, is somebody definitely on the spectrum, but he's more of like a murderer, isn't he? (laughs) And (laughs) he's murdering in the name of justice. That's true. That's true. He does have to figure out who to murder first. Well, a a vigilante. He does know what darkness lurks within the hearts of men, so how much detecting goes into that one? (laughs) Dexter's like that, too. He's a murderer who's... He's a murderer who's murdering for the right reasons, and he works for the detective people. But I was going to (coughs) say, Carmen Sandiego is a thief, isn't she? Mm -hmm. She steals lives with her bullets. But I guess you have to detect where to steal from. With her smoldering good looks. I also, uh, also for if murder shows are on the table, I also like Will Graham. Uh, All right, we all love murderers okay. here. That's no I, secret. Will Graham is not the murderer. He's the detective. He's the murderer. Read my fan fiction. <laughs> Alex, would you please tell us about Coffee Detective so our detective bits start centering around a narrative structure? <laughs> yeah, I would love to. So Coffee Detective is a game that I designed, uh, which is... Basically, a tabletop game where the core mechanic, instead of being die-based, is based on uh, my favorite long-form improv game. So it's centrally located basically around a game that I learned when I was in an improv class in college called Goon River. So shout out to my old improv teacher, Sally Anderson, who is just a fantastic woman. I doubt she listens to podcasts, but in the event that she does, oh, I want to make sure she's she properly right. credited. She probably would if I asked her to. <laughs> um, but you have yeah. to explain how to access a podcast. I would have to explain <laughs> okay, that. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so Coffee Detective draws its name from Twin Peaks which is kind of an obvious giveaway, a dead giveaway, if you don't mind the sordid humor. (laughs) Um, But essentially what it is is a party improv game that happens to include a few tabletop mechanics. I designed it with a few objectives in mind. One of them was to have a fun time playing like a murder mystery with your friends. The other was to sort of be an accessible way to get people more comfortable with improvising at the table because uh, I really love playing tabletop games, and most of my experience from tabletop gaming came from being a theater person first and a games person second, but a lot of people come at it the other way around. You know, they're they're gamers primarily, and then they transition into tabletop gaming or vice versa, and sometimes people have a lot of trouble sort of opening up and getting creative with the world, or you have games where there's sort of a very hierarchical, like, DM controls the world, and then everybody else is just sort of living in it. Coffee Detective is the complete opposite of that. There is not even a DM. I will be serving the role of the titular coffee detective, but that doesn't put me in charge of anybody else. It just means that my role is slightly different in the game. One of the things that's kind of wild about Coffee Detective is that anything anybody says at this table is just true. So when it comes to building out the world, that will happen very organically, um, maybe even kind of wildly, I would imagine. Um, but this everybody, table, I don't. We're pretty, we're pretty grounded group here. Yeah. yeah, we've been pretty on top of things, and there have been no tangents at all since. Just we like Robert Again, Mueller, this has been I love it. Fourteen minutes, and yeah. we're well into the game by now. If you yeah. say Robert Mueller one more time, he will show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're hoping for. Come on, show up. Um, but anyway, so basically, it, the the world is designed and orchestrated in such a way that it just sort of spirals off from whatever people start saying at the table. So from the time we start the game. Uh, everything is open world and we can sort of explore it and craft it and create it as we wish. It's 
designed to be a zero prep game, so we're not coming into this with character sheets ready or anything like that. In fact, once you start creating your own character, um, other people can create parts of your character for you, so you may find out things about yourself that you didn't even intend to be true. It's very, very freeform, it's very open-ended, and um, when I was designing this game, the, the sort of original criticism I got from playtesters was that, like, the win conditions at the end were very nebulous, and it kind of made me sit back and think, like, well, I don't think you really win Coffee Detective. Like, the goal is to have a good time playing a bizarre adventure with your friends. And so there are, like, win conditions in place, and there is a structure to it, but the key objective is really just to go basically as buck wild into, like, genre fiction as you possibly can and come out on the other end of it with some grisly deaths on your hand, so. All right. Oh, well, wow. Let's Sounds get fun. started. Can you yeah. imagine if someone asked David Lynch what the win conditions were of Twin Peaks? <laughs> he would just be like, no. <laughs> Elaborate on that. No. Nobody wins, not even the audience. I love Twin Peaks. There it is. <laughs> All right, but you don't have to watch Twin Peaks to play this game. No, is no, it no, something no. that I want people to know? So I have in my hands uh, a deck of cards, and we're just going to go over them really briefly. Hopefully they'll all come up in play, but just in case anybody doesn't, um, they're called the plot twist cards, and the way this deck works is they'll go face down in the middle of the table. Um, the one that goes on the bottom every single time is this card called J'accuse, and the game ends when we pull this card, so it always goes on the bottom. Uh, when you pull the J'accuse card, and I'll explain when you're allowed to pull cards later, but when you pull this card, you end the game and you get to basically decide who is being accused of the murder. So that goes on the bottom. And there is some element of choice in the pacing here. So there are a set number of cards. The game ends when we get to the bottom. So it's the kind of thing where if we notice gameplay is going slowly and we want to move it along, you can just actively choose to draw more cards and get to the bottom. Or if you want to draw things out, you can make decisions that will lead to not pulling more cards, and that makes it easy, too. Um, the rest of these cards are sort of based on, like, tropes in weird noir genre fiction. Um, there's one called Doppelganger, which, when you pull it, means that you suddenly have the ability to imitate anyone else at the table well enough to play them, quote-unquote, in a scene. So it just means that, like, canonically, your character is close enough in resemblance to somebody else that you can effectively take their place for a scene. Very cool. Can, can we discover uh, the rest of them in play? Sure, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to shuffle these. And put the rest on top, face down, bada bing, bada boom, and those go where everybody can reach them. Um, before we start this game, something that we do need to talk about is just generally safety mechanics for the table. Obviously, if you've ever watched a show that is Twin Peaks or like Twin Peaks, there can be a lot of troubling content. And while this game sort of leans into the more absurd and comedic side of those things, we still, like, it's not going to be fun for anybody if mm -hmm. there are things coming up that are genuinely troubling for anybody at this table. So... Um, in the manual, I have a list of, like, suggested topics to just sort of go over. Uh, I know that everybody here is, like, a game player by nature, so you probably all know already what your general topics are, if there's anything that you want to, like, line or veil. Um, let's avoid sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That yeah. was good call. Yep. That was what I was going to say. Okay, sweet. That's a hard line. <laughs> um, Love it. Also, uh, I don't think it would come up, but uh, animal cruelty, please. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so a hard line on sexual assault, hard line on animal cruelty. Please no one pull just the clip of me saying animal cruelty, please. <laughs> yeah, please That's don't That's our t-shirt. That. Uh, you can find that in the one-shot shop. Yikes. I think those are good. I think those are good, I'm, too. Uh, I'm, I'm now, like, I'm easy. thinking about scary things. And I'm just like, well, I don't want to think about these scary things, but I don't think they're going to be brought up, so. Probably not. And, you know, like with anything else, if at any point in the game something becomes uncomfortable, feel free to do a hard pause or stop rewind whatever you need to do to get out of the moment like there is no shame in calling a screeching halt to the action and just redoing it anyway the canon is very flexible so cool all righty okay great can't talk about babies <laughs> my character is a baby my detective. character my character is baby carmen san diego <laughs> i'm baby robert Mueller. no it's fine i'm uh, just let's hope they get together uh <laughs> we're back they're babies. They're babies. is that really wise no. Get together as baby friends. <laughs> Platonic baby friends. Uh, I'm giving myself a stomach ache. This is not good. Didn't you take yeah. down baby Donald Trump? <laughs> I can't breathe. Um, something okay. I forgot, and I'm so sorry, is that we will need like little scraps of paper if we don't have Oh, any yeah, I'll go here. get them. Okay, great. I wish I could just reach in my pocket and be like, huzzah! <laughs> just get confetti. Yeah. Do we write on them with those little markers? We, we sure can. <laughs> you can write on with whatever your little heart desires. <laughs> Thank you. And you can use the front benefit, and the back but... to write down the formulas you might need on the chemistry exam, and that's all you're allowed to have. 
So what are we writing the on the cards for the game? So nothing. Is this the quadratic work? <laughs> we are yes, fucked. this is actually a math test. Um, no, you, you don't have to write anything yet. But once we get like into the second round, we will. You may want to take notes, but it also might be totally fun if you just don't. Just wing it. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, first things first, the game is going to begin with all of us introducing ourselves in character. I will go first because I am the detective. The rest of you are townspeople. So the impetus for the game, for any game of Coffee Detective, is that the Coffee Detective in question has come to your town to solve a horrible thing that has happened. Since nobody lined murder in our version of the game, which you totally could do, um, it's probably going to be a murder because that's typically just easiest to get things started with. And please don't take me out of context with that either. Um, do we have any preference on what kind of a town we're in? Like where in the United States? So we are in the United States. I would say we're probably in the United States, unless you really have strong feelings about somewhere else, and then we could do that. So Twin Peaks, of course, happens in the beautiful, rainy, misty, spooky Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. What if we do the exact opposite and do the Southwest, Southeast? The Southeast. Florida. Florida? Are we in Florida? There's oh, Florida. this is my, my all Florida hack of coffee Miami. detective, just called Florida Man. Like Dexter. Yes. <laughs> okay, we could do a small town in Florida. That could be kind of fun. Like yeah. a weird little swamp town. They always talk about like, oh, the news in Florida. What's going on in Florida? Florida Man. Yeah. I can't say I know much about Florida, but I don't know much about anything. So I am I love it. I love it too. I think that's fantastic and super fun. Everybody cool with that? Yeah. yeah I'm down. I'm, I'm My character it. will still stand even though she might not make as much sense in Florida. It doesn't have If to. you think making sense is a key component of this game, <laughs> you have drastically um, misunderstood. Do we have any uh, strong feelings about a name for our weird little town? Florida Junior. <laughs> Florida Junior, baby. <laughs> the tiny town of Florida Junior, Florida. See, all the ones I can think of are like actual real towns, I think, but I like when... Uh, uh, small towns are named after like a famous actual town, like when you have like uh, like uh, like Venice, California, or, yeah. things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, sure. Um, or like Paris, Texas, um, um, Chicago Junior, like <laughs> Chicago Berlin, Junior, Florida, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stuttgart. Yeah, Berlin Junior, Berlin Junior, Berlin Florida. Junior, I like to call it Junior, the Chicago of Florida. <laughs> Welcome to Toronto, Florida. That I feel very strongly about. I'm oh, getting yeah. really good feelings about Berlin Junior. The um, Chicago, the of Chicago, Florida. Of Florida. Wow, that's good. I'm Chicago, not the about Chicago it. of Florida. I feel like that's the sec, their second city. Yeah, it's their sister city. <laughs> Berlin Junior, Berlin the Junior. Chicago of Florida. It's a lot of layers to parse. So yeah, what's going to happen is I'm going to introduce myself to this sort of town hall meeting. I'm going to briefly describe myself and uh, what the crime in question that we are here to discuss is, and then we'll. Uh, Go to my left around the table, so starting with Addison. And then each of you will introduce yourself in character and describe, like, sort of who you are in this town, just very briefly, and uh, maybe any relationship that you had to the deceased. And again, I cannot stress this enough. Once somebody else creates their character, it is totally fair game to, like, latch onto that character. So, like, if, for example, Addison introduces herself as whatever her character's name might be, it would be fair game for any of you to be like, ah, yes, and I am her wife. <laughs> like, that's that's legal. You can do that. Cool. You can totally ping pong around and, like, invent stuff based on other people's characters and complicate them. And then they will probably get revenge on you by doing the same in the next round. So It's all legal in Berlin, Jr. Everything's Florida, legal Chicago. in the Chicago of Florida. <laughs> Anything goes. I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining all that jazz being played on a banjo. <laughs> oh, that's powerful. Blank. <laughs> <laughs> All right, blink. so are we ready? Blink, 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 blink. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we will get sued. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, parody, fair use. Okay. Y'all good? Yeah, let's do it. Great. <clears throat> All right, well then, uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Detective Carson Calloway, and I am here tonight in Berlin Junior, Florida, to talk to you about the untimely demise of Buck Bueller. Now, as you all know, I'm sure Buck recently passed away in a freak alligator derby training accident, but we at the FBI have reason to believe that may not have been an accident. So if I could just get a little bit of information on each of you here tonight and uh, just if you could tell me how you knew the deceased. Hi, my name is Penny Olavodka, and I am the local heiress to the Olavodka family sauce fortune, and um, Mr. Bueller was my no good cheating ex boyfriend, and I should have picked a better accent for this. 
May, may I call you Miss? Sure. Miss Alavodka, your accent is fine. <laughs> Gee, thanks. It's Bueller, but I say Bueller because of my accent. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, uh, my name is uh, Remington Smuck. I am, of course, a lending magnate and amateur butcher. And I knew Buck Bueller because he was a business associate of mine as he owed me quite a bit of money. All right, all right. Um, very good to know. Thank you for your contribution. I also don't see the reason the FBI has to be involved. No, tragedy enough in this town. Well, when it comes to alligator derby accidents, there is no degree of caution that is too extreme. Seems like the sort of thing local police could solve. I agree. I agree. Well, I think you will find, Miss Alavodka, that things are not always as they seem. Hello. My name is Charles It. And I, yeah, that's right. Everybody always laughs when it comes to attendance. Well, when it used to come to attendance, I'm quite old now. I'm, I'm 40. Okay, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm not supposed to say that out loud. That's my own rule that I made for myself. Good heavens, mind yourself. I'm sorry. Anyway, well, as uh, some of you or maybe uh, most of you, actually, I think I know most of you, uh, I work at the motel down on uh, fifth and uh he was a customer he's a, just a customer in the in the motel i'm a motel i'm the owner i'm the the co-owner yeah the hotel where he used to take all his mistresses no comment i'm not supposed to talk about what people do in the motel i'm but, sure we don't want to know what anybody's doing in that motel no and i know what all y'all are doing in that motel well, motel client privilege is sacred in these great United States. So uh, we could just move right along. Hey, um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Lil Bingo. <laughs> Lil Bingo Et. Uh, that's my mom over there. She runs a motel. I did, I do the, uh, <laughs> the uh, alligator derbies with Buck. And it's a shame what happened to him. And I hope that you or uh, anyone who's trying to solve this case gets a good lead because I don't think it was an accident. <gasps> and some of us really loved, some of us really loved Buck. Now, it's, Mr. Bingo, I, 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 it is, you're, you're casting aspersions onto this case. I'm it's sure. Mr. It's Mr. Lil Bingo. <laughs> Mr. Lil Bingo at, and... I just saying there there might have been some foul play. That's right. Well, I am sure that all will come out in due time. Thank you all for your cooperation this evening. He was so close. He was so close to getting out of here and doing alligator derbies at a much larger scale. European leagues. It's okay, you're going to be okay. Maybe in that that great first Chicago in the sky. He could have been somebody. Okay, so in. Uh, the second round. Great work, everybody. Thank you so much Maybe for I'll your find my character voice choices. Someday. Um, two things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, on my slip of paper, am going to write down the name of whatever character at the table is currently my prime suspect. And that is going to be who I am trying my darndest to implicate. That may change over the course of the game, but this will sort of be the beginning of my investigation. On each of your pieces of paper, what you are going to write down is one terrible secret that you share with someone else in the town. And does that mean someone else at this table here, right? Yes, like, okay. someone else here at this table, a terrible secret that you share with someone else at this town. Um, once you've written it down, you're going to fold it up and hand it to that person. So they and you will both know what horrible, sordid past you share. And this can be something truly shocking. Like, this is something that you probably do not want to come to light. And it's about us, right? Uh, it is about you and the other person. So you are both guilty parties in this terrible secret. Okay. You pass it to whoever? You pass it to the person you share the terrible secret with. So okay. if, for example, um, Penny were to say, like, I embezzled $15,000 from the bank with Charles, <laughs> then you would write that down and you would hand it to her. And you would both know about this canonical terrible secret that you share. James, what was your character's first name? Uh, it was Remington. Remington Smuck. Mm-hmm. 
This game comes with real coffee drinking action, which I'm really excited about. Something really shocking. At the very end of this game, I really want to see the ones that you've like ripped up and tossed aside. I, never, <laughs> I didn't finish any of them. <laughs> I like started finishing them and then I was like, that's too shocking. And then I was like, that's not shocking enough. So I'm trying, I'm going for middle ground shock. Yeah, mine just all feature spiders. So I'm like, no, can't do that one. I feel targeted, <laughs> frankly. We hand it to the person that we share the secret with. Absolutely. Side note, maybe I shouldn't have written with the Sharpie because I am inhaling a lot of fumes. <laughs> and again, all of these are true, no matter how contradictory they may or may not end up being. Oh, I love that. Hey, heroes, welcome to the mid-roll. I hope you're enjoying this coffee detecting because it only gets sillier from here. I just want to make a quick note about things that are going to be coming up on One Shot. Next week's episode is going to be our part two for Coffee Detective, and it'll basically be a normal episode. But the week after, part three is going to be really short. And so we're going to be putting some bloopers from, you know, the past couple years, actually, as a trailer to that episode to make it longer. Uh, I need some time to recover from Gen Con. I have been working really hard, and I've got actually a lot of exciting projects coming up that I need a little bit more time to devote myself to. Similarly, this Wednesday's episode of Campaign is going to be a regular plot episode of Campaign, but the episode immediately following that is going to be from our live show that we did here in Chicago. Casey also needs a break from editing. We have been really burning the candle at several ends trying to get prepared for Gen Con. And let me tell you, when you do creative work, you don't get that many opportunities to take some time off. So I want to make sure Casey has as many of those as possible. Heroes, one of the truly unbelievable experiences that I've managed to have because of the One Shot podcast is writing a book. And growing up as a person with attention deficit disorder and dyslexia, it is not something that I ever thought I would do. But here I am being a now two-time published author. And my latest book, The Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide, I think is some of the best work that I've done yet. Over these last six years, and really my entire life as an improviser and a role player, I've been developing my style of how I approach games. And The Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide is my attempt to explain that, and role-playing in general, in ways that will help people cultivate their own styles of play and learn to be stronger role players. Now, it's just an explanation of my way of doing things. I expect there are going to be a lot of people who read the book and only find some parts of it useful, and that's fine. What I'm hoping will happen for everyone who reads is that it will help them crystallize how they want to approach games. The Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide is going to be available for purchase on October 3rd, but you can pre-order it now. It's available through all the online retailers you can imagine, major brick-and-mortar retailers like Barnes & Noble, and even independent bookstores. If you want to pick it up from your friendly local games or bookstore, just head in and ask for the Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide or James D'Amato. There are only two books that could possibly be in those systems. And if you are interested in this book, I ask that you please pre-order it. It helps a lot because it lets retailers know how interested people are in this book, which impacts how many copies they order, which is really important down the road for determining sales. Thanks so much to everyone who supported me over the years and helped make this wild dream a reality. Before I get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some individual Patreon backers for their support. Hannah Risley, thank you so much. Second Last K, thank you. Mackenzie Curtis Johnson, thank you so much. Lindsay B, thank you very much. Sonovan Dietzinger, thank you so much. Sammy Haddert, thank you. Cher Phillips, thank you very much. Andy Rius, thank you so much. Anita Brown, thank you very much. Deontay, thank you so much, Deontay. Richard Shea, thank you so much. And Richard, let me know if I have mispronounced that. I just pronounced it the way the artist who did the logo for campaign pronounces their name because it's spelled the same way. Clarence, thank you very much. Sailor Windy, thank you so much. Alicia, thank you. And Wesley Toma, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Your support makes this show possible and has helped make this show be a show that has been around for six years. 
Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. Side note, I, I don't, my voice has officially been three different voices so far. I can't wait to see what else Incredible. comes out of my mouth. I love it. That's just one of the many accents on display here in, <laughs> I can't even say the city name. I love it so much. <laughs> oh, that's the response this I is wanted. the best part. <gasps> All right, some scandal. Oh my goodness. I swear I was going to write the same thing. <laughs> I swear I was going to write the same thing. And I'm then so, I was like... I'm so curious. I was like, this is... Maybe this is... But mine was a little more specific. A little more... I, I'm great. Can I pass a little one note? No? no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there are a few reasons why we do this. One, because it sort of helps build character relationships from the get-go when mm-hmm. it gets you sort of being like, ah, this is someone I can interact with. We have a shared history. Um, and also because it gives us some truly wild plot reveals to have on hand whenever we might need one. So... Thank you for that. Next thing we're going to do, we're going to go around the circle again, this time in the opposite direction, and each of you is going to tell me one open secret about two players at the table who are not you. So this is basically you trying to deflect suspicion from yourself by saying like, well, um, I don't mean to spread gossip, but I know for a fact that so-and-so and and -and so-and-so were whatever. And this is something like somewhat scandalous, but not life-altering in any particular way. These are open secrets, so they're things that probably everybody in the town knows anyway, but I don't know as a newcomer, so that's why you're telling me. Um, And I have a request. Before we dive back into it, can we describe some slow scenery shots? I'd love that, yeah. Around the town? Sure. That really paints the picture. Yeah, Yeah. let's let's take some turns doing this, too, then. So um, why don't you guys give me maybe some shots of areas of town that are significant to you, and then I will come up with one of my own, sort of establishing me coming into town and maybe maybe what my initial like impressions of it are. Um, so I think there is a shot of like a main street sort of thoroughfare, uh, and you see a lot of buildings that look like they've seen better years. They're probably on their 15th coat of white paint. Uh, where it looks, uh, instead of washing these buildings off and keeping them in pristine condition, uh, the solution is to just put more paint on them. Um, And you can see uh, a sign that has some gold leaf paint like kind of flaking off that says uh, Remington Smuck Loans, and right next to it, Remington Smuck Amateur Butcher Emporium. Um, (laughs) And like all, all that is happening during like a blood red sunset that lends a very eerie uh, light quality to this white painted storefront. Yeah, as the the sun is setting, as it's getting darker, the lights automatically turn on fluorescent white flickering bugs buzzing. A close up of a fluorescent light as bugs fly around that classic Lynchian light shot, I guess. (laughs) Oh, 100%. And then... Uh, you see the light is bouncing off of Lil Bingo's <laughs> face. Uh, Lil Bingo's pretty handsome and young with boyish looks uh, and a, a little pot belly. And he's wearing some red leather pants uh, and white Crocs. Um, and he's sweeping up outside of Remington's Butcher Emporium mm-hmm. uh, where he has a part-time job. Yeah. Uh, and he's not looking too excited to be there. And Remington is uh, wearing a uh, white suit, pristine white suit with a butcher's apron over it that's covered in blood. Um, and he's staring out the window, but he's not staring out the window at uh, Lil Bingo. He's staring intensely into the Florida sunset. Uh, blotting sweat from his like uh, white head. He's got a head of white hair that's like really slick stuck to him because he's just, he's so sweaty. Smoke creeps across the sunset skyline. You follow the trail of smoke to the stacks, the smokestacks of the Olivadica sauce factory. And then you pan backwards and Penny watches the smoke 
curl around the clouds through her fingers as she watches her freshly painted red nails dry. <laughs> she sits on her porch of her beautiful mansion in a silk dressing gown, her dark hair in curlers. <laughs> and you follow that smoke all the way down the street to a little station wagon where Charles is sitting in the passenger seat with her feet on the driver's seat, smoking a cigarette, asleep, but half awake to smoke that cigarette and nap. And also there's palm trees. And they have those in Florida, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Sure do. They got, okay. They got uh, a ton of them. To make sure that I was right. They're Berlin Jr.'s primary export. Oh, wow. Okay. Exporting palm trees. So, yeah, she's right next to uh, a lumber yard of palm trees. And um, can the motel be in the background? And the motel is in the background. Because little Bingo raps on the window and it's like, Mom, home. I got a pork chop from uh, Remington's. I'm just having my afternoon, evening, alone time in my private space. <laughs> Let me know if you want if you want a pork chop. I'm gonna go in and make some. Go on, make me one, and I'll, I'll be in when I'm done being alone. All right, ma. Love you. I love you, ma. Make it well done. <laughs> then I think there's like a long hallway shot uh and we can see black and white pictures of different stoic looking uh men and women lining the walls uh along with like different civic like notifications there's like some memorials there are uh pictures of high school football teams and whatnot and it goes into this i guess like sort of town hall like uh, convening space and I think the door shuts on that like a very definitive boom so good uh, I want to make it clear that I think earlier we had a shot of uh, Detective Carson Calloway first coming into town and they were wearing sort of jean, blue jeans and a blazer and that was the look um, this initial session sort of recessed for a little bit and when Detective Calloway comes back uh, they're wearing the same blue jeans, but cut off at the knee. And it's just so hot outside. Uh, so there's this, and their hair is kind of like slicked over with sweat. Uh, just really, really getting the feeling of that oppressive Berlin Jr. heat. And as they step back into this sort of town hall chamber, they clap their hands together with a placid smile and say, let's get to work. So this time I'd like to go around the table in the opposite direction, just so mm -hmm. everybody here has an equal chance to jump on and and sort of just sort of make the same wild accusations that that we all get in the earlier rounds. So again, this is going to be you telling me an open secret about two of the other people in town. Um, because we have kind of a smaller party, if you want to invent other essentially NPCs in the town, um, you can do that. But we can have lots of fun, too, just by creating more and more layers of suspicion on everybody here in the game. So the secret is about two characters at once? Yes. Okay. All right. So sort of implicating people in suspicions and creating, again, just more layers of relationships between characters. And you can't – can you make yourself one of the characters? You can if you want. Or is the deceased one of the characters? Um, this is more about you – casting aspersions on people to make them look suspicious. Mm. So by you saying like, oh, these two over here are doing this thing that I know about, um, it serves the dual purposes of like bringing me into the town lore as sort of the outsider perspective and giving me a window into what this creepy little town looks like. And also just, again, building more relationships between the people at the table. Okay, totally. Now, uh, Mr. Calloway, I, I am a little concerned of uh, conversations of this nature agitating some of the more delicate sensibilities in the room. Uh, you might not be aware as an outsider, but uh, in Berlin, we know that Miss Olivadka has a bit of a temper issue because she has the heart of an alligator. Uh, she got that after... Uh, course little bingo's alligator that he raised hand raised uh from birth was killed in the ring by none other than buck bueller 
So uh, just want want to be aware. We we don't want any snapping or biting coming from Miss Olivodka if the subject does get uh, too strenuous, of course. And, and while we're on that subject, in fact, I, I have to confide that I know that Penny and Lil Bingo have been having an affair. They've been having an affair, and I knew about it, and that's why... Penny was so, so upset about that alligator because they care for each other and they just don't want anybody to know. But guess what? I know. I do know this. So the the cat's out of the bag. Well, I assure you I will be every bit as sensitive with the information as you would be yourself. I wasn't just very sensitive with it, I think. I think I just... If you could be more sensitive than uh, Miss Charlotte was with that information, I believe we would all appreciate it. Me too. This is now a different room, and um, little Bingo is here. Uh, thank you, thank you, uh, Detective, for for meeting me here. I, I thought I might have some important information for the uh, the solving of this case of Buck's horrible, horrible death. Uh, but uh, of course, everybody around town knows that Penny. And Remington Smuck are secret twins. I know this to be true. I I know they don't really look alike, but they have the same birthday. And uh, once I saw them together speaking in unison at the old bell tower, and no one believed me, but Buck, Buck believed me. And I feel like, I don't know why... They can't just tell people that they're secret twins. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be a secret then anymore, but yeah. Well, we all have things that we choose to keep hidden about ourselves from the outside world. I I think that even you and I can understand that, and, and Buck could as well, I'm sure. I, I guess that means that I, I'm a detective too. <laughs> <laughs> Take, well, it's a spectrum. Can you... Uh, do you know if you guys are hiring or... <laughs> That is unfortunately classified information. Wow, oh, I understand completely. <laughs> he salutes. Yeah, he salutes. <laughs> I'm waiting for an at ease. <clears throat> at ease, little bingo. At ease, Detective Carson Calloway. Is that what you're supposed to say when they say at ease? <laughs> That'll do. That'll we don't, do just we don't have cable at the motel. We just have the shopping channel. I, I watched several hours of it last night, yeah. A lot of great deals you get down here in, in Berlin Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> now, this is a genuine alligator tooth watch, and it can be yours for forty nine ninety five. <laughs> so uh, Penny sweeps into the interrogation room, inexplicably holding a glass of red wine. Uh, she sits down and takes a long sip before sitting her glass on the table. She folds her hands on the table and settles in. So, I know I'm not supposed to be much of a gossip, but I also know that you're looking for information. So, I think it is important to the investigation to tell you that I know for a fact that Remington is providing the motel and Charles with, uh, oh God, God, what's the way to say this? Basically, he is killing rats and giving her the meat, and she's using the meat and the food at the hotel. I'm not supposed to tell anybody that, but I figure if someone's into something sketchy, they're probably into lots of sketchy things, you know? Well, that I'm a is- little drunk. My accent <laughs> keeps changing because of it. Sorry, I'm slurring my speech. <laughs> it's completely understandable. It's... It's hard to stay sober in times like these. Thank you for understanding. She pulls a jar of tomato sauce out of her purse. (laughs) Here you go. For your troubles. (laughs) For a hot second in my heart of hearts, I thought you were going to dump it into the red wine. (laughs) 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 This is what we call a Berlin Junior Bloody Mary. (laughs) Swishes it around. I'm I'm just making a little sauce. Um, (laughs) She she slides a jar of marinara across the table. (laughs) I know it's hard to get decent food in town. Figured you might want to add a little flavor to whatever they're giving you at the motel. I uh, I appreciate the kindness. Thank you. 
Detective, I know we're not taking any more open <laughs> secrets, uh, but I didn't realize that I could give them to you in the privacy of this secret given room. I just wanted you uh, to let you know that uh, Penny, I'm sure you've noticed at this point, has regional dialectic morphosis, which uh, the terrible illness of the mouth where... You have slight variations in the way you speak. As you can tell, I have a bit of that as well. And you just might be noticing that for the duration. Well, now that I'm in here, I just have to say that I do not suffer from this. And if I, if I, if my accent changes, it's just because I like to keep you on your toes. But I also want to say that the rats, I did hear what you said about the rats. <laughs> and I use your marinara uh, religiously almost. I pray before I put it on those rats. <laughs> and I will make treasure and gold out of rats n no matter what. People... Love it. They say, this is the best stew I ever ate. I say, you know what? It's the olive vodka sauce. <gasps> I put that, <laughs> and then I put the marinara, and I put the rats. Wait a second. Little I'm sorry. meat in there. Uh, I've, I've, it's good. I was outside because I thought it would be nice to, to give you guys some privacy for your confessions, but... I, hold on, I've been eating rats. Yeah. You've all given me a lot to think about tonight, and I do appreciate it. We will pick up the investigation with gusto tomorrow morning, I assure you. For now, I think it's probably best that everyone get a good night's sleep. I'm sorry, you know, I was outside. <laughs> you know, we're releasing a line of pastas if you want to spice up the menu at the motel. Just wanted to let you know. Okay. I was just trying to respect the sanctity of this investigation by giving everybody the privacy they needed, but I couldn't help overhearing. <laughs> About the rat sauce. <laughs> no, 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 no. Excuse me, there's no rats in the sauce. There's rats in the other Well, there, I assure you there is rat in the sauce. Absolutely, Absolutely. there is. My family does well, not in participate our, in that. We make it. We, yeah, we, we are the ones. We ensure that does rat is in that sauce. Does everybody, We're putting it in. Does everybody know about me and Penny or what? Absolutely, <laughs> we all know. I told them all. I'm so sorry. Well, Bingo, can you please wait till we get home? You, you, what do you mean? We get home. home. You secretly oh, living together? Uh, now uh, that I did not know. Uh, we have a lot of guest rooms. I can't help it if someone did it. I don't I know. Would, I deny, I deny this. I would never, I would never be with Penny. Hmm. Excuse I, me. I happen to know for a fact that you have been. Uh, for some reason, I'm feeling a sympathetic indignation. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> okay, so uh, we our, our our camera pulls back and the the audio gets muffled as all of these characters are still very vocally getting into these altercations with each other. <clears throat> Trying to share it, <laughs> Okay, so the next thing that we need to do just. And again, this will start out as a semblance of order and it may totally disintegrate. And that is fine. But the Rats way that in the sauce? Okay. The way that turn orders proceed from now on is we will go we'll go around the circle again and we'll we'll start it on my left, just because it's easiest to keep some semblance again of a turn order. On your turn, you can choose to do one of two things. You can either cause a scene or you can eavesdrop. If you cause a scene, you are uh, picking at least one other person at the table, but it could be more than that, to be in a scene with you. You will set the scene for us. You will tell us where you are, what is happening, give us some mood lighting, and then you will do exactly what we were just doing. You will just start a dialogue with these characters and anything can happen. Um, or you can eavesdrop, which means you are giving up your chance to start a scene that round, but it means you can be a secret listener in any other round that's going on, which can cause some fun drama. So you can, like, choose to spring out from the curtains in some scene or, you know, be somewhere that you would be hearing other information just to cause things to get a little bit more wild. So the way that these cards come into play is I am not in any of these scenes by default. If you invite me into a scene, you get to draw a card. So that means that, like, you are starting a scene with the detective right there, which means that things could get a little bit more interesting. Um, but it does mean that you get to pull one of these cool plot twist cards, which can start to cause things to pop off in a really wild fashion. So we'll go around starting with Addison. Uh, you can, again, mm -hmm. incite a scene with whoever yeah. else you wish, um, or you can choose to pass and then jump into somebody else's scene. I'd like to pass an eavesdrop. Okay. Thank you. Then we go to Remington. I would definitely like to have a scene, and I think I want to have a scene with 
Lil Bingo. Okay. I think we're out on a fan boat together. I have invited you onto my fan boat. It is the Lil Smuck. It's, I think, perpetually uh, sunset here in Berlin, Florida. Um, I'm sorry. What was the name of that town again? Ber- Berlin, Berlin Jr. Berlin Jr. Berlin Jr. I, wa- I wanted to ask if you could make your boat the Little Smuck Jr. The Little Smuck Jr. Berlin Jr. No, uh, I think that's better. While yeah. you're on your boat, little do you know that your radio is on and is somehow broadcasting a signal to a matching radio that Penny has. Well, would no, you no, say no, no. you a, don't need a matching would you radio. Say it's a twin radio. We're twins. Yeah. You sympathetically hear so, uh, all the things. Yeah, Ooh, through yeah. our twin telepathy. And you're trapped in the oh, rigging yeah. of the boat. <laughs> I am below deck. Yes, there's a below deck. I'm a deck. fan boat. Yeah. You're below deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yes, it is allowed by to get this deck, weird. Twin telepathy is something by, you can and invoke. And by below deck, I mean that I have strapped myself beneath the boat with an oxygen tank. Great, great. Um, you and know, you I'm, can hear. You yeah. can hear. No, I'm at home and it's twin telepathy. Okay. I like okay. that. I like that. Uh, so I, I have taken you out into the middle of the gator swamp. Th- this whole town is pretty dense with gators. And we didn't mention it earlier, uh, but in all of those like sort of scenery shots around town, there were gators just openly walking <laughs> mm-hmm. up and down the street and within the halls of our civic building. There's so many gators in this town. Um, but this area is super dense with gators. They're just like, you, you can't like put a paddle in the water without having it get bit up by just so many gators. How dangerous. Uh, exactly. Yeah, earlier when Penny was painting her nails, uh, there was a moment where she it cut away to a wide shot as she kicked a gator away from her <laughs> patio. Um, um, uh, but in, in the harsh, like, red-orange light of the sunset, I think these two are silhouetted together. Little bingo. You see the, the cherry red of a, of a cigarette. Uh, which little Bingo has betwixt his little Bingo lips. <laughs> my, my, how you've grown up. I uh, saw a detective DVD for sale on the shopping network that you run, and uh, one of the detectives in that DVD cover had a cigarette betwixt his little detective mouth, and I don't know, I've been thinking about... um. Maybe a career change soon. Really? Well, I think that's actually a good idea for you, little bingo. Why don't you go off join the FBI? Oh, really? Yeah, I can't imagine what would be holding you back here. Well, I I have my job working for you at the uh, Butcher Emporium. No, no, I really believe you got a bright future just outside of Berlin, Jr., I'm I'm surprised you'd be so supportive, Mr. Smuck, uh, especially considering what happened in that alligator derby. Terrible, terrible business what happened in that alligator ber- derby, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about. You see, certain people wear out their welcome here. You understand? Maybe are you talking they about- got their hands in the wrong places. Like, are you talking about Scrimpy Jones? The guy who got hit, run over by that bus. I he mean, used to be all of our friend. Yeah, he but we used, never talk about it. He anymore. used to be all of our friend, and he got hit by a bus, which was driven by a gator, and that's <laughs> mighty unfortunate. But he's, that's bound you know, to happen in an alligator derby. Doctor Doctor Pentavia says he's still, <laughs> he still might come out of his coma. Uh, Dr. Pantavius likes to, to give people hope, but you're not a very old boy anymore. Oh, You're I'm, a young man. I'm now. an old boy. I'm an. I'm still a boy. I'm. I'm an old boy. But you I'm can't a... be a boy anymore. <laughs> You've known the touch of a forty-year-old woman who happens to be secretly related to somebody. S- little Scrimpy, Scrimpy Jones. Yes, little Scrimpy Jones and you used to be lovers for a time, and it was revealed after he was hit by that bus that he was indeed a 40-year-old woman, but I was referring to a different 40-year-old woman. I meant who they were related to, Mr. Smuck. Oh. I know I know all about Scrimpy Jones, but I'm talking about you. That was my roundabout way of saying it. How dare you, young man. You listen here. If you want to go off and join the FBI, why, 
You have my blessing. But if you want to stay here... It doesn't sound like a blessing. It sounds more like a curse. Now, you wouldn't be referring to the rumors of the alligator cursing that I do here in the deep swamps, would you? No, but it sounds like maybe you are. And maybe I am. Maybe I am, little bingo. Is that the sort of risk you want to take? Little bingo takes a big puff of his cigarette and starts coughing (laughs) because he's never smoked before. And he throws up (laughs) right on Mr. Smuck. I'm so sorry, Mr. Smuck. It's okay. It's okay. I'm so sorry. The important thing is that you're smoking. (laughs) I'm just an old boy. Yet. I think we cut to um, an image of Penny visibly reacting to this in her home. You feel sympathetic vomit. What does this look like? Well, okay, so I'll give you a play-by-play through the scene. So, uh, first of all, excuse me, I have to... I have to wipe away my Addison has to wipe away her tears. Um, oh. It wasn't that sad. That scene. was very emotional. <laughs> scene. Yeah, I was crying. It was pretty charged. So we really anyway, all thought a lot about Scrimpy in that moment. So anyway, Penny's at home, uh, draped across um, a settee. Uh, a settee. I, I would just like to make an executive decision that it's um, an, like an alligator skin. Of course, settee. it is. Of course, um, wearing a uh, wearing a different silk robe and um, drinking a uh, mint julep. Uh, what are they drinking in the South? Mint julep. She's drinking a mint julep. She's listening to all of this through her twin telepathy. And, uh, of course, uh, as, as she's kind of nodding along, just like, mm-hmm, yes, absolutely. And then, uh, when, when, uh, Remington mentions her age, she sort of, she sort of sits up a little bit as if to potentially go over there and make some trouble, as if to say, how dare you tell people that I'm 40. Um, then, as the scene progresses, she, uh, she wipes a tear from her eye as she hears little Bingo confess that he is just an old boy. <laughs> and she whispers to herself, but you're my old boy. And then I think the camera sort of pans downward and gets like this romantic glow to it. And uh, as it starts to move away from the focus of you onto like the, the lower portion of the sofa and then the carpet, we hear the horrible retching sound of little bingo <laughs> from across your twin telepathy. And then we get a very dramatic, moodily lit shot of your mint julep falling to the floor and shattering. Oh, yes. Ooh. And you hear it <laughs> very, very muffled in the background, a sympathy gag, just a little... Uh. <laughs> This is now an episode of Neoscom. Yeah. <laughs> well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back with a new episode of Coffee Detective next week. In the meantime, be sure to entertain yourself with some of the other wonderful gaming shows on the One Shot Network, like The Broadswords. The Broadswords is an all-women D&D podcast focused on drama, roleplay, and subverting stereotypes. Join the Broads as they unravel the mysteries of the snowy Rashomon, a land ruled by witches steeped in superstition. Berserkers reign, and spirits roam the frozen wastes. Yalaris, Kila, and Maypri all have their own reasons for journeying north, but soon they discover they have something in common. They are pawns in a divine plot. You can find the Broadswords on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Now, as always, we end the show with a call to action. And this week, I'm going to ask people once again to call their representatives and demand that we close the concentration camps that have been set up on U.S. soil for immigrants who came here seeking asylum. Now, if you'd like to call about more than one issue, there are plenty of great issues to call about. For instance, you could call and demand that we create stricter regulations for the sale of helium. Did you know that helium is a non-renewable resource? Unlike other gases like hydrogen, we can't create more. And helium is an essential component to a lot of different manufacturing processes in general industry, computing, and medical science. We need helium, we can't get more of it, and there is no reason it should be the thing we sell in our balloons. Now, to get either of those issues resolved, we need our representatives to act. And the best way to spur them to action is to call them directly. Now, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find plenty of issue summaries, along with contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone so you can get your point across. Calling is quick, and it can make a huge difference. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. 
For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.